What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and I appreciate you joining me today on this wonderful, lovely, rumor-filled Tuesday. Uh, Before we get into our loaded lineup, I'm going to ask if you're watching on YouTube to like, subscribe, comment at the end, uh, share it with a friend. And uh, if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please give it a five-star rating, especially if you're on Apple Pod. Got a lot of momentum happening right now on on Apple Podcasts, so if you listen on Apple, please, it takes two seconds. Just click the five stars and then leave a comment. Just leave something saying, finally, a a podcast for the American Athletic Conference, something of that nature. Uh, Make it positive, though. Make it nice. Um, But even if you don't want to do that, just click the five stars. Literally, it takes two seconds, but it would really help. Uh, grow this podcast, get it exposed to more people. And as I've been saying, literally on every episode, we are on a mission to become the number one show for the American Athletic Conference. And then whoever else may be listening from other conferences that's just curious about what's going on in the American. All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into today's lineup. I'm going to be talking about this ACC meeting. Got a little something for you SMU fans and really fans of the conference. I I did a study comparing and contrasting some things of the American and the ACC that I think is good for anyone who's a fan of the conference to hear. But it's, it's kind of targeted towards SMU fans because I know you're probably right now like, Jesus Christ, are we ever, you know, are any of these opportunities going to work in our favor? And then uh, I want to talk a little bit at the end about this CFP format and just some some, some murmurs that are going around that are making their way around social media as it pertains to the expanded format and potential changes with, with how much the landscape has shifted in college football that it could then have a trickle-down effect on the CFP. And I just have some thoughts I'd like to share there. But let's start with the ACC meeting that was supposed to happen today. <laughs> I didn't say that, but it's out there. Uh, our friend Jim Williams, you can find him on Twitter X at JWMediaDC. He put a report up or put a post up this morning, said Tuesday update, the ACC will only call for a meeting to approve the membership for Stanford, Cal, and SMU. There's no reason to call for another straw vote to say no. In other words, if they're going to meet today, they're voting to approve these teams into the conference. And Jim said that like, 6 a.m. Central Time. Then another journalist, Brian Murphy, he reported or put up on his Twitter X, and he's at Murph Sturf. He said, ACC president's regularly scheduled call today was canceled. Not an unusual occurrence. Carry on. There was a reporter from The Athletic who I don't have her screenshot available right now, but she confirmed that as well. And then Brian Murphy said this, quoting the ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips, from last month. Quote from Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. We meet once a week now, sometimes more, referring to the, the, the presidents, league presidents. Then if we don't have anything to go over, we can cancel the meeting, but it's on our CEOs to schedule. So I'm sharing all this with you because I feel like we can put two and two together here to determine that obviously the ACC is still not interested in adding those three schools. Or if they are, they, it wasn't important enough to, 
to have that conversation today. And with time being of the essence, I believe it's a fair conclusion to say it ain't happening. Now, it's realignment season. Things can change overnight. But as of right now, it does not appear that Stanford, Cal, and SMU will be heading to the ACC in 2024 at least. Now, Stanford, if I had to guess, is going to take that one last shot to the Big Ten. I think they've made it pretty clear they're not interested in doing anything that's not a Power 5 move. Wouldn't be shocked if they end up going independent, but we'll see. I've made videos already sharing how I think Mike Oresco could make a case for the American Conference, utilizing the big cities and the AAU institutions to present to the remaining Pac-4 in in regards to a potential merger. I'm not going to make this another merger-type video. But I want to say this, especially if you're an SMU fan. You've kind of been on pins and needles all year wondering, are we going to go Power 5? I mean, it really looked like things were heating up with the pack. And then things fell apart, bottom fell out, and here we are. And it was like, dang it, that didn't work out. Then all of a sudden, this ACC smoke started surfacing. Then they voted against it. Had, what, three schools that they couldn't get, to, couldn't get one of them to flip. And so as an SMU fan, I would imagine the thoughts right now are, okay, are we ever going to be back in the Power Five? There's probably some disappointment. The tough thing with realignment season is is you start to get so excited about a potential outcome that sometimes you forget to look at, I don't know, the facts of the situation, the reality of the situation. And so I did a little study comparing and contrasting the American and the ACC as it pertains to three categories. And this was specifically inspired by SMU. But I think if you're an American Athletic Conference fan, this is good for you to hear. Because why would a team jump ship to go Power 5? Well, it's Power 5. Right, but why? Like, there's three reasons you want to make that move. Okay, and if you haven't heard me talk about this yet because you're a fairly new listener, then you need to pay attention or seen, I've written about this, I've talked about this. This is nothing new coming from me, but it might be new to you if you're a fairly new listener. So pay attention. But the three reasons are increased revenue, increased exposure, and increased access. And what I wanna do, mainly for you SMU fans that might be listening right now or watching, is really give you a side-by-side analysis of those three elements, comparatively speaking, with the American Conference and the ACC. So let's start with revenue. First question I'm asking, if I'm an AAC fan or an SMU fan, is the revenue going to be better? In SMU's case, the answer is no. Any other team? that may have gotten into that fold, like a Memphis, um, yes, obviously it would be better. Power 5 revenue dwarfs the G5 revenue. Not even going to try and say it any other way. Now, Oresco, I think, is in a good position right now, has a very good media deal, and is in a very good position to negotiate up should some dominoes start to fall a certain way, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But why wouldn't it be a better revenue situation for SMU? Well, because the report showed that SMU was willing not really to pay their way in. I think that's kind of the narrative that's out there is that they're going to pay pay their way in. They were just going to sacrifice taking a revenue share. 
And look, SMU, as we all know, money's not a problem there. So if you've got the billionaire donor support to sustain that for five years or whatever it was they were willing to do, that's fine. But you have to also take into consideration that by you entering the conference, you're also helping other programs in that conference by giving up your revenue split simply because they're likely going to be getting a piece of that. Money you should be getting will be going to other schools. But again, money's not an issue with SMU. So to answer the question, though, would the revenue be better? No, it would not be. Question number two, would the exposure be better? This is where things get interesting, and I hope you're still paying attention at home. The knee-jerk reaction or response to this question is, well, of course it would be. Of course, joining the ACC, you're going to get more linear exposure than playing in the American Conference. But I want to caution you on that because this is where I did a study and I was a little surprised myself. The question you really need to be asking is this. Is the top-tier AAC linear coverage, so what I mean is the top-tier teams, which SMU is a part of now, is it better or worse than the mid-to-lower-tier linear exposure of ACC teams? Because if you're SMU jumping to the ACC, I don't think you're expecting to jump in and immediately be a top-tier team. May never be a top-tier team. Don't know. But if you really dig into the exposure or the linear exposure of the ACC teams, if you're not named Clemson or Florida State or whoever the one or two other hot teams are that season, you're going to see that you actually get better linear exposure in the American as one of those top teams. And so the study I did was I looked at the top five football programs from a season ago in the American Conference, which SMU was a part of. In fact, I looked at it was Tulane, UCF, Cincy, SMU, and Houston, and compared them to five lower-tiered, mid-tier ACC programs. And I chose, who did I do? Uh, Georgia Tech, Miami, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Duke. This study could probably be even more. I didn't look at every ACC team, okay? I just picked a couple of lower mid-tier and in comparing this linear coverage I included the ACC network as a linear provider or as, a, as, as linear coverage because technically it is however I just want to make this note before I share with you these results the ACC network is linear but it functions like streaming what do I mean by that a lot of cable providers don't include the ACC network in their base sports ESPN bundle. Typically in that bundle, you get ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ABC, obviously, and then SEC network. For some providers, the ACC network is, a, is, a, is an add-on or it's a, it's a more expensive tier of, of channels to get the ACC network. I'm still going to include it because it technically is linear, but I want to make sure you understand that depending on who your provider is, the ACC network functions just like ESPN+. Not going to get too deep into that conversation because I did include it, but even with ACC network games included, Georgia Tech had eight linear games. 
Miami had eight linear games. Virginia Tech had seven. Virginia had seven. And Duke had eight. Okay, in 2022. The five AAC teams, Tulane had 10. UCF had 12. Cincy had 11. SMU had nine. And Houston had eight. And I didn't boil it down to which ones were on ESPN or which ones were on ABC, ESPN2, ESPNU. But if you look at the ACC, you know, you have Clemson who's like on ABC almost every week. Florida State gets a lot as well. But outside of that, man, it's, it's, it's really very comparative to the American Conference. And as you can see in this case, if you're a top-tier American team, you're getting way more linear exposure than a lower mid-tier ACC team. And if I were to pull the ACC Network games out of that and not include them, that margin gets even wider. And it probably includes way more ACC teams because a lot of the linear exposure ACC teams not named Clemson or Florida State get is on the ACC Network. Now, again, I'm, I don't want to get into that argument because I don't want it to be like I was picking and choosing and doing all that. I'm just saying that the reality is, is just because you have cable with ESPN package doesn't mean the ACC network is included in that. And so I just thought that was interesting that even for SMU's stance, they're not guaranteed to get more linear exposure by jumping to the ACC. Now, will they have more quality games, sure. But that could also hurt them as well, which leads me to my third point. Is the question, I should say, third question, is the access better? What do I mean when I say access? The CFP, the big, the getting into the, get, getting a, a seat at the table. Well, if the 6-6 model sustains, which is currently the model for the 12-team playoff, right? The top six conference champions, then six at large. I feel like the question you have to ask at that point is, which is more likely if you're SMU or an American athletic conference team? Winning the American or winning the ACC? Because those at large bids, I don't see a lot of those going to ACC teams, not named Clemson or Florida State. (laughs) They're going to go to SEC teams, They're going to go to Big Ten teams and likely go to Big 12 teams at this point. So what are you more confident in, that you can go win the American Conference and compete to win the American Conference year in and year out? Or are you more confident that you could get into the ACC and be a contender there and either win that conference to get that slot or you think you could go in and be one of those six at-larges competing with the rest of the SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12? So just think about that for a second. You've got revenue to consider, you've got exposure to consider, and you've got access to consider. So I, I and, and that really that side-by-side study for any of the American teams is just think, you know, if you get into that top tier, that top five of teams in the conference, you're going to get some pretty good linear exposure. Um, and then here, finally, getting into this last piece is is t- that 6-6 model in the CFP format, right? There's there's some smoke and some murmurs, some rumors, some some things going around that with the significant changes to the college football landscape that the 6-6 model could be in jeopardy because conferences like the SEC and Big 10 are going to want 
as many of those bids to go to as many of their teams as possible and allowing the top six conference champions to get an automatic bid threatens their their chances of having more teams in. From that perspective, I get it. Here's just my two cents. Not that anybody cares, but here's my two cents on that. If you remove access from the G5 schools to that expanded playoff, you are taking away and robbing fans of one of the things that makes college sports great, which is the underdog Cinderella stories. And I would just be incredibly disappointed, not even as someone who's currently covering the American Conference, just as a college football fan. You know what the most popular time of the year is for college sports? It's the month of March. You want to know why? Because of March Madness. You want to know why March Madness is so significant? is so massive? Why millions of people are taking off work just to watch? Or going to work and watching at work? It's because everyone's hoping to see that next Cinderella story. We don't care that that 16 seed will likely lose by 40 to number one seed Kansas. We're still going to watch thinking maybe there's a chance. Because every so often, you see that 12 seed, that 13 seed. And in recent history, we saw a 16 seed get that upset over the number one seed. It's not always about, well, it's always going to end up being four blue bloods in the final four anyways. Okay, fair enough. That doesn't mean we're not going to watch the opening weekend. And that doesn't mean that there won't be a season like this past cycle where you had San Diego State and Florida Atlantic make a run or the year you had VCU and Butler make a run. Butler going to -to back-to-back national championship games. George Mason making a run to the final four. You're robbing fans of those experiences when you take away access, when you take access away from the little guy. And then what you do is you you do those conferences a disservice because now those teams are going to be constantly looking at how they can get to one of the bigger conferences just so they can get that access. And you know, say what you want about realignment season, and obviously most people's feelings towards realignment season are directly affiliated with how their team fared. But the truth is, it has been horrible for college football. Horrible. And if now we double down on it and remove that playoff access, you finally expand the playoff. You finally get a model where it appears that everyone that's deserving of a chance is going to get a chance. I don't care if it's number two-seeded Georgia or Bama or whoever, Michigan, versus a 11, 12-seeded, you know, SMU or Memphis or whoever that G5, you know, AAC auto bid goes to. I don't care. I still am going to watch it as a fan. I mean, even a couple years ago when Cincy finally got in, Because the stars aligned just right. They had that road victory against Notre Dame. They were undefeated. Yeah, I get it. The final score against Bama in that game was not pretty. It was like a blowout, 24-3 or something. I was at the game, okay? But I'm telling you right now, early in that game, uh, Desmond Ritter put a just put it right on the money to a guy running a post in the end zone. It bounced right off his chest. If he catches that ball... This game is like, I think, 17-13 going into the fourth quarter or something like that. 
I mean, it's a one-possession game. And, yeah, I get it. Bama ended up doing Bama things, you know, running off with it, getting, I think, two fourth-quarter touchdowns and winning, like, 24-6 to six or something like that. But my point is, is that, that like, I'm someone that's of the, of the mind that those matchups are still good, not just for college football, not just for the fans, but for bowl season. I mean, bowl season has just completely lost its luster since I was a kid. I mean, now when you have opt-outs and you have, you know, really no, no significant gain from winning these bowls, like, you know, back in the day where it's, you competed, you win your, you, you win your conference, play in your regional bowl, and you hope that, you know, how you perform in that gets you a vote for a national champion. So there was some significance there. Well, you know, that's all been destroyed with the CFP. Well, BC, I mean, it's been destroyed for a while now. But point being is, is that like now you've kind of restored some significance to bowl season with a with a expanded playoff. And, you you know, you've got a model now that's going to allow some of the a smaller school to get in a smaller school or two, depending on how how, how it plays out. But I don't know. I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but those are just my thoughts is that one of the things that makes college sports so great is the Cinderella underdog stories. And I would just hate to see that completely stripped from the fans of college football if they don't keep the 6-6 model. I have one more thing. I think I'm going to save it for tomorrow. Let everyone go today on that note. Just a reminder, I will be doing a play-by-play watch party on Saturday, August 26th for the Navy-Notre Dame game. Week zero, tremendous opportunity for exposure for the American Athletic Conference. Navy being on NBC, all eyes will be watching because it is the premier matchup of the weekend. Historic rivalry, and who knows? You know, Navy's got revenge on their mind. They lost by two a season ago. Maybe they come out and make some noise in Coach Brian Newberry's debut. But so I'll basically be calling the game right here on a live stream, interacting with whoever wants to hop on and join me, uh, just hanging out, watching the game, watching some football. And uh, love to see you there. And I'll continue to talk about that throughout the course of the week. But that's going to do it for today. Trey Smith, college game time.